Hey there, future fans. Welcome to a new episode of Future Flicks with Billiam. This week we have Has Been Actors, an Oscar-nominated actress's money film, and 80s bukkake. This is the week of March 30th, 2018, and this is episode 84 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Well, everyone, welcome to the show. We're back, and I managed to do two episodes in a row. There we go. Yay me. Let's go for three. Let's get the opening housekeeping out of the way and the whole bit about what it is I do. So if you are a returned listener, you already know what I'm going to say. And part of that is the thanks. Thank you for listening. I I, I say it because I mean it. I, I really do. And for those of you who are new, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for starting with the latest episode. This is not the kind of show that you need to go back to the beginning to listen to because I always talk about current events. I always talk about current movies, the newest news and the newest trailers. So yeah, that's kind of what I do here. On Future Flicks, I talk about all of the movies that are coming out during the week. I tell you what it's about, I say who's in it, and then I give my thoughts on it. I then wrap it all up with a score which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, or the Bill Score, that can go anywhere from a 0 to an 11. 0 being for the movies that you should completely forget even exist, and 11 for those movies everyone has to see. I start off the show with this introduction, of course, and then news and trailers, and then we wrap it all up with a question of the week, which I forgot to tweet about again. I'm sorry, I will try and get better about it. But remember, it is never too late to answer the question of the week. You can go back to the first one and answer it now. And as long as I get some sort of notification, like Twitter or SoundCloud or something like that, I will talk about that answer on the show, no matter how old it is. Well, how do you listen to me? Well, that is a good question. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that is somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take some moments out of your day, some minutes, mere minutes, to leave a rating on iTunes. I would love five stars. We mainly have five-star reviews, and I really appreciate it. And to the one person who left three, uh, thank you for taking the time, at least. I mean, there's that. You did that. But then in the comments, tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. Just tell me what you think. And then as always, you can email me at billionreviews at gmail.com, and you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at billiamswn. Don't forget to listen to the other shows on the network. That is Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Well, folks, let's jump out of the intro and into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. We now know more about Deadpool 2, like who the hell is part of X-Force in this movie? Well, we all know Domino and Cable, but now we know Terry Crews is playing Bedlam, an actor Louis Tan who is on... 
Iron Fist is playing Shatterstar. No, he wasn't Shatterstar in Iron Fist. He's an, another actor playing two different Marvel characters. Obviously, this one's a little bit bigger than his one in Iron Fist. And Bill Skarsgård, that's right, it himself is playing a yet unnamed Marvel character. This story came to us from Flickering Myth. And remember, folks... Remember back when Pirates of the Caribbean was announced as a movie and people were wondering, why the f*** are you turning a ride into a movie? I, in fact, remember being utterly dumbfounded, going, wow, Disney is really out of ideas. They really are a sh company. Of course, now Disney is kind of in its heyday. I, I, they've never been bigger. And I have thus changed my view on Disney. But why did I bring that up? Well, they're at it again. This time, it's with The Jungle Cruise. Yes, they're making a movie about their Jungle Cruise ride. This movie is set to star Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, and Jack Whitehall. Uh, director Jame Colette Sierra has been tapped to direct this film. Some of his bigger movies were The Shallows, Orphan, Unknown, and Run All Night. This story came to us from Variety. We have some Captain Marvel news from The Wrap. Jimin Honsu and Lee Pace are now a part of the movie. These two actors, of course, previously worked on the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Lee Pace played Ronan the Accuser, and Jimin Honsu played Korath the Pursuer. If you don't remember Korath, he was a guy in the very beginning that Star-Lord met when he was recovering the artifact. It's possible that they're playing younger versions of their same characters either that or it's just a really big coincidence that these two actors were in guardians and now they're in this as well samuel l jackson is supposedly going to reprise his role as nick fury pre-eyepatch nick fury and clark Gregg is set to play a younger agent colson this movie takes place in the 90s so it takes place before any of the Avengers movies or even Iron Man. Also in the cast are McKenna Grace, Ben Mendelsohn, and Jude Law. This film has a bunch of writers, including Meg LaFave, who wrote Inside Out, Nicole Perlman, who co-wrote Guardians of the Galaxy, and Geneva Robertson Dwaret, who wrote Tomb Raider. And there are others, but these were the biggest ones. Some of you may have heard rumors that Aquaman was supposed to have a trailer that came out last weekend, but do to production problems, it didn't. Well, rest assured, that's not the case. Director James Wan took to the internet to dispel any rumors. He said that the reason the trailer hasn't dropped was because of him. He says that he's a perfectionist and wants the first look to be great. He says he's finishing up the CGI for the trailer and there's no ETA yet. He says that while there's nothing brewing above the surface, they're all working nonstop under the waves. This story came to us from Hollywood Reporter. And finally in the news, The Wrap gave us some news about the forthcoming Solo, a Star Wars story movie. Apparently before Ron Howard took over, Chris Miller and Phil Lord were starting to get a little old. An anonymous actor from the set told The Wrap that they wanted 30 takes of every scene and that the star Alden Enric wasn't good enough. Rumor has it that an acting coach was hired and things looked much better after Ron Howard took over and the acting coach worked with Enric, Enrenric, Enrenrike, Erenrike, Erenrike, maybe? E-H-R-E-N-R-E-I-C-H, Erenrike. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. This unnamed actor said that Ron Howard came in and took control immediately and that he worked very fast. The reasoning for the acting coach was that Lucasfilm wanted something very specific from Ehrenreich that they weren't getting. They wanted him to mimic Harrison Ford a lot better than he was. So apparently, and according to this actor, it wasn't that Ehrenreich was bad, he just wasn't good enough. 
The actor also admits that it wasn't that Phil Lord and Chris Miller were bad, just this wasn't the right movie for them. So let's hope that all these changes make for a better movie. It really seems like if we saw the Chris Miller and Phil Lord version, it would have been utter sh**. And with that, we are out of the news segment, which takes us into everyone's favorite intro music. That's right. It's time for the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. All right, everyone, we have a first trailer for The Spy Who Dumped Me. This is a buddy action comedy starring Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon. This looks pretty funny. I laughed at the trailer. I actually can't wait for it. If you liked movies like Spy or The Man from Uncle, then you'll like this one, too. And if you're like me and you laughed at all during the trailer, then this is really your kind of film. This has a release date of August 3rd. Netflix gave us a glimpse into Cloak and Dagger, its next Marvel series, and it looks okay. I mean, I'm not pumped to see it, but at least it doesn't look like sh**. This looks like a, a comic teen drama. But of course, I'm not too familiar with Cloak and Dagger. I knew they were a thing back in the 90s when, when I was first getting into comics, but I never got into their comics. So really, to find out more about them, we have to turn to Snarf Chris. Hey, Snarf Chris, tell us more about Cloak and Dagger, will you? The next trailer we have is a new Jack Black film called The House with a Clock in Its Walls. This is based on a kid's book of the same name. It also stars the always wonderful Kate Blanchett. Uh, this movie has a September 21st release date, and while it's directed by the horrible Eli Roth, the script was written by Eric Kripke, one of the writers for Supernatural. And also, I had no idea this was going to be an Eli Roth film from the trailer, so maybe he kept his... his personal style of utter sh** out of the movie. Hopefully he, uh, hopefully he did that. And finally in the trove, we have another trailer for Cobra Kai. This trailer shows a bit more, and it actually looks like it's going to be good. I know I thought it was going to be good the first time, but this one is a longer trailer. We see more about what the series is going to be about, and I like it. It looks like the creators are running with the idea that Daniel was the bad guy in the film, and they make him look like an asshole in the trailer. Like, I would totally side with Johnny in, in this show. I, I think he is right. I think he, he's going the right way with this. While Daniel just looks like a dickhead. Because I think if this show turns out to be good, then it could pair really nicely with Karate Kid. In which we see Karate Kid and we, we view it the way it was meant to be viewed, where Daniel was a good guy. And then we kind of see how he wasn't the good guy. Hopefully what, the, what they'll show us in this. I, I really can't wait to sign up for a YouTube Red account and then cancel it once I'm done with the show. This comes out May 2nd, only on YouTube Red. And hopefully another streaming service will get it too, because YouTube Red. YouTube in general. Uh, they've been doing a lot of shitty stuff recently. And I'm not stoked to give them money, so that's why I'm hoping I can cancel the, the, the subscription really quick. Well, that is it for the trailer trove. Yeah, we had fewer news stories and trailers altogether this week than we had last week. So let's go to an early break and listen to a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. 
All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Uh, This week, we actually had a lot of limited releases. And so I decided to amend my limited release segment just a bit, because if I did all limited releases, just like I did, just bam, 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 premise and actors, premise and actors, and then to the last the movies that weren't limited releases, we wouldn't have a big show this week. And while I do like keeping the show shorter, 30 minutes uh, to 45 minutes, I don't like it when I don't have a lot of movies to talk about. There are only two non-limited releases this week, so I'm going to pick my favorite limited releases just to talk a little more about. And you know what? I just looked through all the trailers for the limited releases, and uh, I just found one that looks even remotely interesting. So yeah, maybe it'll be a short week. We'll see. So let's start the limited releases with Birthmarked. Two scientists raise three children contrarily to their genetic tendencies to prove the ultimate power of nurture over nature. This stars Tony Collette from the United States of Terra and Matthew Good from The Watchmen. And I'm actually going to talk about this one just a little bit because you've heard me mention this movie before and I decided not to talk about it in the main show or at least with the main movies because it just didn't interest me enough. You know, it's a good idea and it looks like a good family movie but it didn't do enough to go hey watch me i was just like okay you know if i ever just happen to see this movie on uh, i will watch it but i i will not make make time to see it the next limited release is boggy 2 this is an indian movie ronnie is hired by neha his ex-lover to track down her daughter who has been kidnapped and a quick note about this if you want to watch a ridiculous over-the-top Indian movie, you watch this one. Just imagine if John Wick and Rambo had a baby, and that baby was raised in India, this is the movie you get. All I Wish is the next movie on the list. An aspiring fashion designer struggles to find success and love. This story cuts into her life once a year, always on her birthday. This stars Sharon Stone from Basic Instinct, Tony Goldwyn from The Last Samurai, Ellen Bernstein from Interstellar, and Famke Jensen from X-Men. And you know what? If you want to watch a movie about an older person finding love, about, about someone who's past the prime of their life still kind of acting like they're young and not wanting to come to the realization that they have to figure out what they're doing, then you watch this movie. Next up this week is Gemini. A heinous crime tests the complex relationship between a tenacious personal assistant and her Hollywood starlet boss. As the assistant unravels the mystery, she must confront her own understanding of friendship, truth, and celebrity. This stars Lola Kirk from Mozart in the Jungle, Zoe Kravitz from Mad Max Fury Road, John Cho from Star Trek, and Ricky Lake of all people. I was really close to talking about this in the main part of the show and giving it a full a full discussion but i it just didn't look good enough it looks like it it looks like it could have been really good but i got this really heavy nicholas wing wingding refin vibe from this film and i just don't like that man's work next up is status update kyle is a teenager who's uprooted from his home after his parents separation he's having trouble fitting into his new hometown when he finds a magical app that causes his social media updates to come true This stars Ross Lynch from My Friend Dahmer, Olivia Holt from Cloak and Dagger, and Courtney Eaton from Mad Max Fury Road. And this is the world we live in now. Remember when Click came out and we're like, oh, a movie about a magical remote. Wow, what's next? Well, well, this is next. A f***ing magical app. Are you kidding me? I'm not sure if kids should be insulted because this movie is talking down to them or if stupid s*** like this is just the future. I I really don't think it's a future. I just think this is a... A sign of a sign of the times, but not one that's going to seep so far into movies. I, I really don't think it is. 
Next up, we have The China Hustle. If you want to watch a documentary this week, here's one for you. This documentary is an unsettling and eye-opening Wall Street horror story about Chinese companies, the American stock market, and the opportunistic greed behind the biggest heist you've never heard of. Now, this could be interesting. I really don't know. I know nothing about what they're talking about. So if it's actually something, uh, maybe I'd want to see this. If not, then we have another documentary that's trying to preach to the choir but it's hard to judge this one since i know almost nothing about these uh, about what it's about but you know what they say about chinese companies you have one and then an hour later you just want another outside in is the next movie an ex-con struggling to readjust to life in his small town forms an intense bond with his former high school teacher this stars edie falco from nurse jackie jay duplas from transparent and caitlin dever from last man standing the next limited release this week is called Finding Your Feet. On the eve of retirement, a middle-class judgmental snob discovers her husband has been having an affair with her best friend and is forced into exile with her bohemian sister who lives in an impoverished inner-city council estate. This stars Timothy Spall from Harry Potter, Joanna Lumley from Absolutely Fabulous, Imelda Stanton from Harry Potter, Celia Imry from The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, and David Heyman from The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. And you know what? If you like British comedies, then this is probably for you. This has a veritable pantheon of who's who of British comedies. And the final movie that I'm going to almost entirely skip over is called God's Not Dead. A Light in Darkness. Pastor Dave responds to the unimaginable tragedy of having his church burned down. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we actually have three movies to talk about this week. Uh, one of them was a limited release that I really liked the look of. One of them is a movie that looks like utter sh**. And then we have, like I said, 80s bukkake all up in our faces. But before that, let's take our final break. We'll be right back. Nerds in a Square Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Square Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, yeah, what the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, everyone, welcome back. The movie that made it, that I thought was interesting enough to make it out of the limited release section, is a movie called The Last Movie Star. This is definitely a limited release, but I thought it looked interesting enough that 
it's worth talking about. An aging former movie star is forced to face reality that his glory days are behind him. He's invited to accept a Lifetime Achievement Award from a group he's never heard of. And when he gets there, he finds out that none of the recipients have ever shown up before. But maybe talking in front of this small town group is just what he needs. This stars Burt Reynolds from Deliverance, Chevy Chase from Caddyshack, and Ariel Winter from Modern Family. So this movie kind of gave me uh, the same vibe as The Wrestler did. When it when it's just this, this old man who didn't know when to quit. And you know what? There are actors that when they get older, they, they keep acting. They keep doing it. And then some of them, unfortunately, fade away. And this is about one who's faded away. And think about it. When's the last time you saw Burt Reynolds? The last time I remember seeing him was, was actually the time I heard him was on Archer. Another actor of note isn't anyone big in this, but it's Clark Duke, who you may know if you've ever seen Hot Tub Time Machine. He played Jacob. He's the younger of the ones who went back. He was also in Kick-Ass 2 as Battle Guy and in the show Greek. He did a few episodes of The Office. Uh, you'd recognize him if you saw him. But what we have with this movie, what we have here is something I've mentioned before. A film based around an idea that's been done before and one that just based off the premise I, I don't think I would ever see but after watching the trailer seeing Burt Reynolds in it seeing Ariel Winter Clark Duke Chevy Chase I, I actually want to see this now I'm not sure how much actual effort I will put in to see this but this will be one that will definitely go on my list one day if it shows up on streaming or if I see it on sale somewhere I will definitely buy it looks like Burt Reynolds delivers a great performance as this old guy who just you know in the IMDb synopsis, it says that he has to face the reality that his glory days are behind him, but from the look at the trailer, it seems like he knows this. That he realizes he's a has-been, and that now he's just trying to get whatever kind of work he can. And so when he gets this uh, this chance to win an award, or when he, when he wins the award, he decides to go. Sure, he's going to be disappointed when he finds out that this is just some small time, the small town club that basically gives him a lifetime achievement award. I mean, in the trailer, he says, oh, other recipients were Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, people like that. But then he finds out they never actually accepted the award and that he's the first one to ever do it. And so this looks like he's going to have to come to terms with the fact that he thought I am being recognized for what I've done. Find out that, OK, no, it's not anyone of merit who's giving me this award, but then kind of realize that they're his fans. They're people who love his work. And maybe for him, that will be more rewarding. And even though I think that's where this movie is going to go in the end, I think that he's going to realize that, you know, I didn't win an Oscar. I didn't win an, uh, an Emmy. I didn't win a Golden Globe or anything like that. But these fans, these people who love my work, who honestly want to hear me talk, gave me this award. And even though the direction of this movie, I feel is very predictable, I still want to see it just to see a... a portrayal by Burt Reynolds that I never thought I'd see. Because if you compare Smoking the Bandit and Deliverance, those roles from that movie, and compared to this one, it's like they're two totally different people. And I think that's what was so impressive about Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler, was that we were used to him being this brutal badass in movies, this guy with a f you attitude, and then show him being this broken man. If the pick of the week does not interest you, if the other movies I've mentioned so far do not interest you, Maybe this is the one you want to see if you want to go see a movie in the theaters. The last movie star gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the next movie on the list before we get to our pick of the week is Tyler Perry's Acrimony. 
A faithful wife, tired of standing by her devious husband, is enraged when it becomes clear she's been betrayed. This stars Tara G. P. Henson from Hidden Figures. I hate Tyler Perry. Jesus Christ, I hate Tyler Perry. All of his movies are the same. They're all the same. It's either Medea, who, who is funny at times, but it's it's always the same f***ing jokes in every f***ing movie she's in. The only ones I would ever want to watch with her in it are the Halloween movies, and that's just because it's a funny Halloween movie that spoofs not to the same level of a Wayne's Brothers movie, but just enough to be relevant to my interests. His movies that aren't straight-up comedies are all the f***ing same. They all involve so much melodrama, just an enema of melodrama. And some people praise him, saying that he tells real stories. It's like, really? What, what kind of f***ed up world do you come from where shit like this is a real story? Your husband's cheating on you. And instead of divorcing him, instead of getting mad and maybe beating the shit out of him and then divorcing him, instead of maybe begging for him to come back, all of which could happen in real life, you go through some crazy ass shit that involves someone's probably dying, all of his movies are based on cliche ideas and just stuffed with so much, and I'm going to say it again, melodrama, that it would make the writers from Days of Our Lives go, really? Why don't, why don't you turn that down a bit? Just, just a little. I really prefer him as an actor. Uh, his role in Star Trek wasn't big, but I liked him in that. I liked him in Gone Girl. Even though the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie was sh uh, I liked him as Baxter Stockman. Alex Cross was pretty good. I, I think he should just stick to acting and stop writing. But of course, I have to keep in mind, and we all have to keep in mind, that Tyler Perry's audience is very specific. They are poorly written. They have over-the-top plots that over-the-top plots are fine in movies. It's just that they're so ridiculous that you just can't get into it. So anything beyond Medea just being funny is for a very specific audience. But you know what? At the same time, I admire him. He knows what his audience likes and he keeps doing it. And that gets him money. Enough people see these movies to keep him rich. And so he keeps pumping them out, pumping out these movies that are mindless. And for this film, he somehow got a good actress to come back to his movies. Tara G.P. Henson has been in his films before. So maybe this kind of shit is what she's into, or she just wants a paycheck, or or maybe she likes the fact that Tyler Perry has these movies with primarily, if not entirely, black casts. And on that note, that's cool. Yes, I, I will support it in ways of diversity because we don't see that a lot, but I have to judge this as a film. And as a film, this looks like shit. It looks like we've seen before with different names that's just repackaged with Tyler Perry's name front and center. Tyler Perry's Acrimony gets a 2 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the pick of the week, and I think you know what it is. Last week, I may have thrown you for a loop with my pick. And you know what? I, I kind of like when I do that. I, I like it when the movie that I'm most excited for isn't the obvious one. But of course, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the fact that the movie I really want to see this week is the big release. The pick of the week for this episode of Future Flicks with Billiam is Ready Player One. The creator of a virtual reality world called Oasis dies, and he releases a video in which he challenges all users to find his Easter egg, which will give them his fortune. This stars Ty Sheridan from X-Men Apocalypse. 
Olivia Cook from Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, Ben Mendelsohn from Rogue One, Lena Waithe, who's mainly a writer, she wrote the show Chi, TJ Miller from Deadpool, Simon Pegg from World's End, and Mark Rylance from Dunkirk. A lot of you may know that I really just tend to mention people you would know when I talk about the actors. I wanted to mention Lena Waithe, or Waithe, W-A-I-T-H-E, however you would say that, because she's one of the main characters. So I thought it was important to mention her, even though I looked through everything she's done, and the biggest thing she's done was this show on Showtime called The Chi that she wrote for. So now she's in a big-budget blockbuster. She's in one of the biggest movies of the year, arguably, and good for her. Good job. But now I have to talk about Ready Player One, and I have to talk about why I think this is still going to be good, even though... I don't think it's going to stick to the book at all. I think the book's going to be better, but I think they're going to be different creatures entirely. So when this book came out, it it caught the attention of a lot of people my age because it was all about the 80s. So if you wanted a huge 80s boner, you could hold it in your hands and it was called Ready Player One. And then like I talked about 80s bukake, it would just shoot out all over your face during the entire book. 80s references. Oh my God, the book has spent its limp now. And that really turned some people off. Some people did not like that just because they're like, okay, I get it. You love the 80s. Quit jerking yourself off. But people like me loved it because not only did I get the references, but I liked the story. But here's why I knew, and I've already said this before, but here's why I knew we were going to have problems with the movie. Licensing. Trying to license all of the shit mentioned in the book was ridiculous. That's why we see characters in the trailer, or we've seen characters in the trailer that were never in the book. Like that stupid bitch Tracer from Overwatch. Hello, love. Cavalry's here. Shut up, you time-hopping bitch. Get back here so I can shoot you in the face. Anyway, that's just residual salt from when I still played Overwatch. Thankfully, I've been cured of that cancer and I no longer play that. And I want you to know that for your listening pleasure, I cut I cut out this couple minute rant where I just went off on Tracer. So uh, you're welcome. Anyway, Tracer, not in the book. Freddy Krueger, Chucky, and a ton of other references that weren't in the book and all because of licensing. And I really hope that people understand that when they go in. You, my wonderful future fans, you probably already knew that because you are smart individuals. But I just hope the rest of society, who the rest of the people who go see this film understands that, understands that they're going to see something different. And if you read the book, and if you watch the trailers, you will realize that they've, they're changing the story too. There are things that happen in the trailer that never happened in the book. So when we go see this film, we are going to see something entirely different. So if you read the book and you go with your friend who hasn't, you both are going to see something for the first time. The overall ending's probably going to be the same, but everything that happens to lead up to it, the, the really well-built and well-written story is going to change. Will the game of Pac-Man come into play? Who knows? Will the mech choosing scene come into play? Who knows? There's all this stuff that I really hope they do put in, but I will understand if they don't. But of course, this is future flicks. I've been talking about the book too much. As a film, this looks like it's just going to be entertaining. This I, I put this along the same lines as Pacific Rim. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising, that is. Where it's not going to be bad, but it's just going to be a CG fest. It's going to be a fun, flashy movie. The good news is that Ernest Cline helped write the screenplay. Ernest Klein is the author of the book. It was also written, the screenplay that is, by Zach Penn, who is a writer on The Avengers, 
Last Action Hero, Behind Enemy Lines. So not great movies, but good movies. It's also directed by Steven Spielberg, arguably one of the best directors of our time. Hell, even the festering anus warts at Rotten Tomatoes like it. It's getting an 84% right now. So, so if those piles of garbage like this movie, it's at least going to be fun. It's going to be enjoyable. And that is exactly why it's my pick. This is going to be different from the book I read. I am prepared for that. I hope all of you are prepared for that if you read the book. And if you've never read the book, then congratulations. You are going into something with completely fresh eyes. Now, I highly recommend after the fact you read the book because it is a really good book. But you will have the benefit of going into this film not having anything to pull from or rely on, or at least uh, not rely on, but compare to. I'm looking forward to seeing Ty Sheridan because I want to see if he's going to be any good because right now he looks like if Miles Teller took a whole bunch of Xanax. But other than that, yes, all signs are pointing to this being a good movie. Not great, not overly memorable, just good. Ready Player One gets an 8 out of 11. And with that, the show is over. But before we leave, we go into the question of the week. If you don't remember, the question of the week was, who would play you in a movie? Now, you could attack this from a couple different ways. You could just pick your favorite actor or actress to play you, or you could pick the person who you think would do the best job, or someone who you think looks more like you. We got our first answer from Frat Matt. Frat Matt, who said Seth Rogen. And then we can cue Ken Petrie's Seth Rogen laugh. We got an answer from Brian Q., who said, I would cast Paul Rudd because we could grab a beer and who wouldn't like to drink a beer with Paul Rudd? That's a really good answer. Everyone loves Paul Rudd. He's just one of those nice guys that, uh, that I think everyone would get along with. Anne says that she would pick Anna Kendrick because she believes she can do the right mix of awkward and shy and also that she's short. And as for me, I would have to pick Bobby Lee and not because he's one of my favorite actors. I, I like him. He's funny, but I think he would look the most like me. Or could look the most like me, given, you know, makeup and a wardrobe change. Of course, luckily, my wardrobe is easy. Just some graphic tee and baggy jeans. And then some old man loafers. That That's my that's my look right there. Well, it is time for the new question of the week. And for this, I, I really hope I'm not repeating myself. And if I am, someone correct me. But the new question of the week is what director always disappoints you. I bring this up because I was thinking of Eli Roth, and then I was also thinking that I haven't had to give Michael Bay sh for a while, so uh, that made me think of this question. What director, and if, the, and if you can't think of one, we can always do producer, like a famous producer, whose work do you almost always hate? Whose work will you almost never watch? Well, that is it for episode 84 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Now let's get into that closing housekeeping and send you on your way to listen to one of the other great shows on our network. So you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the somewhat nerdy website that is somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. We'd love all the stars. And then leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what you think I need to improve on. How do you reach me? How do you answer the question of the week? That is a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. 
Email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com. Hit me up on Instagram, billiamswn there as well. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast. Also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast, the official bromance of Future Flicks with Billiam. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news when we do write blogs. And lastly, finally, in the end, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.